Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the Showbound podcast presented by Axel Watches. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, once again, joined by Ethan Cardwell. Cardsy, what's going on, dude? Uh, not too much. It's a little late here now. Um, my team has a week off here, so we're not playing any games till next Sunday or this coming Sunday. Sorry, but um, no, just kind of relaxing week, um, but really tired today. Had a long day, so uh, going to hit the sheet soon. What are you up to today? I saw you guys were cooking up some some fancy looking food on your Snap Story there. Yeah, uh, we're big TikTok guys, and we're always watching TikTok at the house. So it's we so saw cool. um, we saw that uh, was it the the feta pasta. <laughs> so we, we just got the uh, feta cheese with the uh, tomatoes and made our homemade sauce, and then some some bow tie pasta, and it was uh, it was an elite dinner. So. I eat uh, a few more plates than I should have, and now I'm feeling it. And uh, just in food coma, so I'm gonna be in bed here soon. Yeah, you're looking pretty chubby, man. Like I don't know what it is, but <laughs> you just <laughs> six pack abs. <laughs> we got a good episode this week, cards. I mean, yesterday we had the interview with Phil Maye. God, I almost like actually I nailed his name there, but I was having trouble pronouncing his name at the beginning of the interview. <laughs> we had to do a couple takes with him. He he's a beauty though. This guy just played his first game with the Washington Capitals at the age of 28. Um, he had a unique route to the NHL, playing four years at the University of New Brunswick in U Sports, and he shares a story of overcoming a lot of obstacles and making it to the NHL despite um, taking an, an uncommon path. So that's an exciting interview that we'll send to you guys soon and. Um, some funny NHL news I wanted to bring up cards and the Dallas stars and Nashville predators have postponed two games due to a snowstorm in Dallas. Have you seen this? Yeah, it's a bit absurd. Also, I just want to take it back. That little read you did on Phil kind of sounded like, I don't know when you read the back of like a book or something and they're trying to make it seem like, like it's really dramatic and stuff. And, uh, it almost seemed like I was, uh, I was either seeing like a little preview for a movie or the back of a book. It could it could be a movie with his journey. Who knows if he ends up in the Hall of Fame? That's movie movie material. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So stay tuned for that. We'll give it another, I guess, eight years, and then we'll we'll come back to that one. <laughs> but uh, no, a little bit outrageous by Dallas. Um, Did you see the panic. pictures of the snow? It wasn't even a lot. Yeah, no, it's not bad, but they don't know what to do. Their yeah. cars and stuff aren't ready for it. The whole city was in like shutdown and stuff. Everyone was in panic. Like it's it's going a little crazy over there. <laughs> it's just pretty right. funny. Send a few Canadians down there to help them out, maybe. Yeah, I wonder what Delhi's doing. Probably just like making snow angels and stuff. He's used to it, but that's hilarious. Yeah, I wonder what it's like for him. These people are freaking out. He's like, well, this is this is an average day in April. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um. I also want to shout out my buddy talking about NHL news, Logan Thompson, former goalie at Brock that I, I had there on my team. He got his first call up to the Vegas Golden Knights. So um, just shout out to LT. Like he's a guy we're going to have on the pod down the road and uh, exciting time for him. Yeah. And I just, I want to uh, touch on a few other things here. I know Q got his first goal. We had Byfield on the pod and uh, Zooks got his first pro point and Fetz just scored last night and uh, in his first period. So the list goes on and I mean, it's, it's tip it's birthday today too. So cheers to him. And he scored last I was gonna night. Say he, I year. saw that he, he scored last night. Like all the, all the guys on the pod are doing well. And, uh, and you yourself are having a good season. Maybe something good going to happen to me soon. Who knows? <laughs> uh, stay patient. Once you make it back up to that league, uh, I don't even know what it's called, but the league you were going to, and, uh, <laughs> and then you'll be over a point per game and just be buzzing now. Oh Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll send it over the interview, but before we do, I just want to say that support for the showbound podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. 
Big news. Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Uh, they sent us the the cologne we're talking about here, and actually, I've been I've been using it. I mean, I don't really go out, as we know, with what's going on in Ontario, but you know, it gives me the confidence to kind of strut around the house knowing that I smell like a beauty. So, um, I know yours is waiting for you when you go back home. Cards, maybe it'll help you out too. Those glasses aren't doing you any favors. Yeah, no, the glasses aren't helping. Uh, it's, it's tough, man. Like I like to read novels where I learn at night, so I, I need to see to read. But uh, you know, just getting smarter at every minute of the day pretty much sums up myself. But no, yeah, the cologne really helps too. So I can be uh, like, maybe I can rock like the nerdy guy look and then have a little spice with a nice scent. We'll yeah, see. maybe you can you can rock the turtleneck look like Matt James, but we'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> anyway, um, everyone knows Manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all your below the waist grooming needs, but they didn't stop there. Complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Calming and inviting, this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and a woodsy masculine finish. This 50 milliliter spray cologne is even hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. This beautifully designed glass bottle makes a statement and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. Also, be sure to check out the Perfect Package 3.0 with all the essentials for your below-the-waist grooming needs, including the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer and crop formulations. Yes, I'm talking about ball deodorant and toner to keep your testes besties. And now you can use the new Manscaped Refined Cologne to complete your set and smell great anytime, anywhere. It's time to feel sexy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Your balls and body will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. I just also wanted to say, Cards, I was going to point it out at the beginning, but take a look at my sweater here. Ew, yeah. Well, we're doing ads right now, so we might as well plug ourselves a little bit. Yeah, I'm rocking just- uh, for the for the audio listeners. I'm rocking the SHOWBOUND hoodie. I'll just show it off to the camera. Um, we put these up, and they're on the Instagram. You can message for information. But, yeah, I got mine in. I know... Uh, Someone ordered nine cards. There was one order of nine. Nine of them. That wasn't your family, was it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So shout out to whoever that was. But maybe it. I think they they might have been actually. That makes sense. Like there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of family members. I don't know, but and they were they were asking about them, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe if it was my family, other uh, family should probably follow suit then, right? Yeah, if everyone orders nine, then that's like the least you can do, I think. Um, yeah, that'd be like the littlest favor ever. I think everyone should be ordering nine, bare minimum. <laughs> 50, 15 would be like ideal though. So on the topic of ads, um, last week we did the Axel. We said we're going to be doing an Axel watch giveaway. And I just want to let the listeners know that at the end of the episode, I'll be announcing the winner of that. And with that being said, we'll send it over to Phil Maia. All right, we're pleased to be joined now by Phil Maia, someone whose name I've had trouble pronouncing already. But Phil, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm fired up about this one. Um, you're in Pittsburgh right now, right? Yeah, we're on the road uh, between two games. Okay. Um, do you have roommates on the road now with the COVID protocols or no? No, we're just uh, everybody has their own room. 
Um, okay. I'm not sure how it works in the NHL before COVID, but uh, yeah, it's just no room. I know in the American League we have roommates, but I don't think we get any roommates right now with COVID anyways. Yeah, well, that's, that's not bad, man. You get your own your own space. Um, so I want to just kind of tell the listeners what's been going on with you and, and why I'm so excited to have you on. And uh, then we'll kind of take it back throughout your career. But, you know, you're 28 years old and you just played your first NHL game, I guess, a week or, or two weeks ago almost now. And um, you're a guy who's kind of take taken a path that isn't so common in uh, the sense where, you know, you played your major junior, but then ended up going to school, played in youth sports, graduated and, and you know, went went that way. And something not a lot of people have done. So it's really cool. And myself as the listeners know, being a, like a U sports guy, I'm excited to kind of hear a success story like that and, and have you on. And I guess I want to talk about the game a lot to, to begin here. So first of all, when did you find out you were going to get in a game? Like how did that conversation go down? Uh, it, it, it happened really quick. So um, I guess the day, the day before our game against Philly, um, some guys, some guys didn't, didn't feel well some someone had this this back was hurting and I showed up to the rink. I was on the taxi squad and then I showed up to the ring that day and I was the fourth line center. So like you see, you just see the lineup posted up. So I'm like, okay, you know, you don't want to get too excited because there's so many things that can happen, but I'm just like, all right, well, I'm going to practice with the squad now and, and see, see how it goes. And then, yeah, after practice, uh, they told me uh, like, you're, you're going to, like be ready. You're, you're probably going to play like depending on what happens with some of these guys, but we're going to, we're going to text you like in the afternoon, just so you can, you know, can tell your family if everything. So I was just, I was getting excited, but at the same time, you don't want to get too disappointed if, if it doesn't happen, but yeah, I got the text in the afternoon and they told me like, tell your family, congrats and, you know, enjoy. And yeah, I, when I got that text, I was like, all right, this is happening. So just, it's the next 24 hours is going to be wild for sure. Were you just like, were you nervous at all? Or was it all excitement? Uh, I was a little bit nervous, but I've, like you said, I'm 28 years old. So I've been, I've been thinking about that moment for a while now. And, you know, I played over 200 games in the American league. So I, I, I like to think I was ready for it. And it was, it was definitely more exciting than more excitement than just being nervous. Uh, you know, I did what I had to do and I was ready for it. So uh yeah definitely I had a little bit hard time falling asleep at night and I was lucky enough it was a noon game so you know you just pretty much wake up and go to the rink and play like you don't have to pregame nap or think about think about it all day long so just just got right into it and you know I was happy how it went yeah and uh I saw that video I actually posted on the Instagram of you kind of doing the rookie lap there how did that feel like skating out you know you hit the ice for warm-ups all by yourself what's going through your head there yeah, I was yeah, I was just gearing for warm up and I was just like waiting by the end of the tunnel, you know, guys routine and their handshakes. So I was just, you know, trying not to get in the way and then uh Wilson told Ovi it was my first game, so it was like, Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go for a twirl and it was it was it was it was fun. It just it kinda took my nerves away, just like, you know, hit the ice and then, you know, just have fun with it. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, and just how'd the game go for you? I know, um, like, did you get a decent amount of ice or any good chances? Yeah, uh, I want to, I want to say my first couple of shifts were kind of, I was just trying to, you know, get my head, in, my head into it. I didn't play a game since last last March when it all shut down in the American League. So definitely, like, they got the heartbeat pumping early in the game. But you know, after first first few shifts, uh, I was, I thought, I thought I played a solid game. I was just trying to 
skate as hard as I could and, you know, not make, not make turnovers and go hard on the four check. I think I played like eight minutes, got 11, 12 shifts. So like, you know, if you don't get on the special teams, it's hard to you know, get a consistent shift, but I was happy. Like I didn't, I didn't expect anything and I was happy with the way he used me. And every time he was calling my name, I was just ready to hop on. Yeah, absolutely. And you just must've been a surreal moment out there for sure. But uh, we're going to send it back to your junior career, even before U Sports. And you played four years in Victoriaville in the QMJHL. Three of uh, those four years, you were over a point per game. And then in your final year with 83 whopping points in 65 games, which was an incredible year there. So uh, can you kind of just run us through your first uh, taste of junior hockey and then your first uh, f- or your four years at uh, in Victoriaville? Yeah. Um, so my first year... I was drafted in the USHL as well. So I was kind of debating. That's why I kind of dropped in the, in the Q draft. I got drafted the seventh round, but I had like a really, really good uh, midget triple A year. And yeah, the, so I didn't go to the training camp, my 17 year old in, in Victo. I just kind of was looking for my options if I want to go to college, but then I pretty much starting lighting it up as a 17 in midget. And then I was like, okay, well I might have to, I have to make the jump and then call the GM in Victor and he was like, yeah, come, we'll, we'll make room for you. So I had, but it was tough. It was a tough adjustment. You know, they didn't even get a training camp and then we had a really good team that year. So uh, we made a playoff run. We had like seven or eight draft NHL draft picks. So I was kind of out in and out of the lineup, fourth line guy. So, but I had, I ended up having really good playoffs. I, I think I had three goals all year and then I ended up with six in, in the playoffs. So, it kind of set me up for my for my draft year, which was my 18 year old year, and then from that from that point, I was like top two lines, first power play, and then so I had a I had a really good career in in the queue, I want to say, but a lot of a lot of uh, up and up and downs, um, you know, go on go on a lot of point streak, and then get cold. I by then I, I I was young, and you know, you think sometimes you think you're better than you are, and it's been a long process for me to learn really I kind of figured out how to really work and stuff when I got to U- UNB but before that it was you know it was just more of um of hot streaks and then cold streak I think my 19 year old year I started the year with like 11 and 3 and then it was just then I went 10 games in a row without a point and you know it's not all about points but if you're an undersized player like me Obviously, you you kind of you kind of need those because they don't really look for you for your physical play or anything like that. But I had some good years. I had a good coach. Um, he pushed me. Sometimes I didn't I didn't like it, but I knew it was. Looking back, I knew it was the best for me. He, I had the same coach as I don't know if you mentioned it, but I had the same coach as uh, Hendrix. Yeah, now we sure. talked to him about it. <laughs> yeah, that was we had the same coach. So. Yeah, good. Some good moments, some good uh, playoffs upset, like when we were when we weren't favorites. So, yeah, it was it was good. And then, like you said, my twenty year old year, um, I had a really good season again, and then um, broke my broke my ankle uh, last game of playoffs. So that's how I that's how I ended my career. I needed oh, wow. surgery, so it was uh, kind of tough to swallow, tough pill to swallow. And then I had to get ready for the Vancouver Canucks camp. Uh, as a 21 year old and you know I was pretty much doing all all summer just doing some rehab and then skated like three weeks before camp and you know 
not to make excuses, but it, it was tough to, to get it going. And then that's when I jumped to, to UNB. Yeah. And we were just kind of going to take it into UNB now. And maybe we actually had written down your decision to go to uh, U sports. So I'm, I'm assuming that injury um, played a big role in your decision and maybe your game was like a little bit rusty coming back. So is that why you went the U sports route? Yeah, well, it was a funny story. I, um, so I went to the rookie tournament in Vancouver uh, in September and then they didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't invite me to the AHL camp. So, cause usually like, let's say you, if you don't make it to the main camp for the Canucks, you, you just get sent down to the American league and move on from there. But I didn't get invited. So I had to find the East coast tryout and which I did. Uh, my agent sent me to Ontario, California. That's where the East coast was back then. So, and then I got cut, I got cut from the East coast. No way. So like after a week, after a week there, I'm like, just, I'm cut. So I'm not even on the team anymore. And then I don't know where to go. So I'm just sitting in the hotel in California. And back then I didn't speak good English really. So I'm just like, okay, what's going on? Um, and I pretty much for five days, I'm ordering pizza and then just trying to eat and then call my agent every day. Like what's going on, what's going on. And then like four or five days later, I get the phone call from uh, Gardner McDougall, who became my coach at UNB. And Gardner, if you guys, if you guys know him a little bit, he's... I've met him actually a few times. He's a big, he's a big legend in the university, uh, Canadian University Hockey. And usually when he tries to recruit guys, let's say, I didn't get the chance to meet him in person, but I know he brings, he brings the rings, like the championship rings. And, you know, he he balls out and he, that's pretty much what he did with me on the phone. He's like, listen, we just won a national championship the year before. And like, we really want you and we're, we're a great program and we're going to make a really good hockey player out of you. And I was like, okay, well the time, the timing can't be any better. I just, I just want to get out of here and move on. So like, I think he called me and then a day later I was back home. And then another day later I was in Fredericton and I was there for four years. Yeah, and we, we had written down what uh, yeah. what the recruiting process was going to be like, but uh, that pretty much sums that up, I guess. Uh, my quick no-brainer for you there, but I'll, I'll let Rask take it away from there. Yeah, just like I want to I talk about your time at UMB here. I just want to list off kind of your, your youth sports awards here, a few of the many. But so, you know, you dominated in your four years, but you got AUS Rookie of the Year. You were AUS MVP twice. You were the U Cup MVP most points in all of U sports your final year and you have two national championships like and then there was a lot of other awards too like so many first team all-stars and stuff but but you lit it up and uh so I went to UNB the year after you were gone with Brock we went to the national championship and it was there so mm-hmm. I got to see the rink um beautiful by the way like and it was packed for the national championship too I'm not sure how it is for regular games but I know you guys get good fans and um, just an awesome experience, like a beautiful campus. The city was great. Like we were in Fredericton for over a week and it was an awesome time. So I can see why any, any player would want to go there and why you guys continue to get the best players every year. But what was your, your adjustment or not, not adjustment. Yeah. Adjustment into life as a student, you know, not just a, a hockey player anymore. Cause I know you had some success and we'll, we'll get into some of the stuff you're doing off the ice as well. But like, how did that go for you when you realize you got to start taking classes again? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I didn't even go to school for my last two years of junior. So it was kind of, I was just kind of up in the air and, you know, 
I can't go back on those decisions, but looking back, I probably should have kept going to school a little bit when I was in, in junior, but I, you know, when I decided to go back to, to school, to go to UNB, obviously my parents were really happy about that. And like I said, well, I, right now I like to think I speak good English, but back then, like I was just a French Canadian kid that, you know, I wasn't fluent at all. And then for me going to, to an English school, it was like, it was a good challenge, but you know, my first year, I think I took probably three classes a semester and trying to ease my, ease my way into it. And then by the time I didn't, I didn't end up like graduating because usually you graduate in four years, but after I, w- I was going to take five years to graduate because I, I started like t- too slow and then I just ended up signing my contract after four years. So yeah. uh, it was, it was a tough decision because I was there for four years and I was like, well, should I go back for one more year and finish and then go pro? But then, you know, I had such a great year, my fourth year that I was like, well, it's, it's pretty hard to top that. And I, yeah. you know, I put probably too much pressure on myself to try to beat the year I just had. So, and the, I don't know the contract was good and I was, I, think I was ready to go pro and even my coach was like he wasn't trying to to hold me and trying to keep me at school for a fifth year like I think he knew I I did what I had to do in this league and was ready to to jump forward but yeah like the like as the the, the level of hockey you know when I got there my first year like I knew I, I knew like it was going to be competitive because they're all Q guys or OHL guys that were like pretty much, especially at UNB, like when you yeah. jump into practice, we're all, we're all guys that went to NHL camps and had well, some... half the teams drafted too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So obviously it's not like that for every team in the league, but like I knew when I got there, like you can see, like you go to hockey DB and you, you know, you're trying to get an idea of what's going on there. And I was like, I was, I was pretty impressed. Like guys are 23, 24, 25 years old and they've been around. And so yeah, it was it was a quick it was a quick adjustment for me. My coach, uh, he pretty much put me on the top line right away. So I was kind of lucky. I didn't have to, you know, make my way up and off the off the depth chart. He kind of just trusted me. Like, okay, this guy, he's gonna be good for us right away. So, and I guess to my credit, I I delivered. But yeah, I was I was I was happy of how my first season went, and then the 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 other seasons a couple couple bumps on the road too there but I mean it was I was getting more mature compared to junior so I think it helped me a lot yeah and even just I mean I'll I'll mention it again but when you talk about your decision to leave early and go pro I mean you're coming off of leading the entire country in points and um, that's obviously an extremely good accomplishment and definitely the right call as you look at yourself now in the NHL but um, I want to go like one more thing about UNB and then we'll, we'll keep it moving and talk about your AHL time, but just going to the national championship, the one year I went um, when it was at UNB, like it was the coolest experience. And we ended up losing in the first game. And, and if you win that first game, you know, you, you get the sports net games and it gets, it gets cooler. And I can't even imagine, but the fact that you got to win two national championships in those four years, like how does that feel? You know, when you, you're literally winning every game, I think, did you win the AUS all four years as well? Uh, no, my first year we lost. So my first year we had a really good team, like a lot of veterans and, uh, we ended up losing in the semifinal of the AUS. So we didn't even 
made the trip to the national. And that, I think that was the first time in like 10 years that you yeah. go. And obviously that was like a big, big kick in the teeth. And I remember that's a funny story. I remember, um, we lose and, and then we're out in February and then we're on, we're in school all the way till April, but you're not skating and you know, you're just like you're partying and not eating well. So I gained, I gained a lot. Like I was probably 175 pounds and I went home at like two Oh five. It was like, it didn't go well for me. And then when I, I, for some reason I couldn't lose that weight in the summer. Like I was training, but it's not the same thing. Like as, you're training for like a pro season and you know, you're there. Like I knew it was my second year and then I had three, four more years. So I ended up showing, showing up at the training camp the year after and I was 200 pounds and my coach was Gardner was so pissed at me. He wouldn't speak to me for three days. I still remember. And he probably, if he sees this, he's going to laugh about it. But the, the first time he spoke to me is when he saw that I, past the the beat test you know like the cardio test like yeah like yeah. I was a little heavier but I still like I was still in shape and then when he saw like I was in shape to do it he was like all right this guy he's fine and then he started talking to me again but that's just like that just shows you like the standard like at UNB like they they don't fuck around like they I don't know if I can say yeah yeah, yeah you're good <laughs> like they they expect it's a national championship every year like yeah Werner, he there's so many quotes and like michael jordan quotes and mike babcock and just there's so many things about winning championship that it almost like it just gets in your head like you just watch you just see it every day and it just like gets into your dna and i gotta give credit to him it's like he makes he literally makes champion a champion out of you and like you said um like my last year was I was at home for the net. So we had the national championships at home mm-hmm. and it was just a crazy, crazy feeling. We ended up that year, my second year, we ended up losing in the final national championship final. And that was probably one of the worst losses I've ever had in my life. Cause you work so hard and it's just, just comes down to one game and then you lose it. And then I remember when we went back to Halifax, my third year, we were like, there's just, there's just no way we're going to lose this one. And then we yeah. ended up winning and then my fourth year was at home. So it was just like the crowd was, was amazing. And then, you know, it, it happened the way it happened. We were pretty, pretty solid all tournament. I had a great tournament, but just as, just as a team, like you, when you like outshot the teams almost two to one, it's just like you feel in control of the game. And that's, that's pretty much what we did. Yeah. No. And it's like, it's the coolest ring too. You talked about all the things that make you kind of put championship into your DNA. Like, and cardsy you know i can't i can't i have pictures i might show you later but there's all over the walls even in the concourse and stuff it's pictures it's trophies it's banners like it's the coolest thing even the tunnel like walking out you see the nhl players that have come from there like all these other people like i'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure phil you're gonna get something too up on the wall but anyway one more question then we'll we'll move it forward but uh did you guys play ahl teams in the preseason yeah we did uh we, we well every year we'd play um uh, we play a couple of teams of uh, NCAA, but like a lot of, a lot of youth sports team do that, but our coach would always try to find like the, the best matchup. Like we play Boston college, uh, yeah. Harvard uh, played university of Denver. Uh, so like, it would be, it would be a good game. Obviously it's, it's an exhibition, but you know, there's some really solid players coming out of NCAA and 
we would we would you know have some good games, a couple of wins, a couple of losses. But we played one game. I think it was my third year. We played Portland, the Portland Pirates, and we ended up beating them. So yeah, we. we so it was uh, obviously it wasn't their full AHL team, but you know they're they're in the AHL training camp, and we beat them. I think it was five three or something, and we were like obviously we're all guys that are that have chips on their shoulders like we it's 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 tough it's a good league and you're happy to be there but like you see guys that you've played with or played against that are in the american league and you're like like you know i should i would be i should be there i could be there and then like once you get a chance to actually play these guys we probably took you know took it more to heart than them that game but yeah we ended up winning so it was it was good for the program too we were fired up yeah yeah, that's unbelievable. And then we were just about to talk about the uh, adjustment to the AHL, but I mean, you come from such a cultured program and just winning in your DNA, like you said there, and just beating beating an AHL team even before taking that step. So what what was that step like for you moving up after your four years um, and onto the AHL where you played two and a half seasons with the Ontario Reign? Uh, yeah, so I got, after, like we win our fourth uh my fourth year we win the championship and then I knew like during the championship, my, I was talking with my agent and he was like, yeah, there's, you know, there's something watching and, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and things are going to happen well for you. So I ended up signing like three days later, three days after that we win the second championship. I end up signing with the, the Ontario rank for the next season, but they tell me that like they want me right now for to finish the season. So on a, ATO as a tryout. So I'm, I'm like, okay, sure. And then I ended up going there a week, a week after we win the championship, I packed my stuff, get my gear. And then, uh, yeah, I was, it was my first AHL experience. I've never been to a training camp or anything. And then just jumped in practice and credit to credit to my coach, uh, Mike Stutters. I, I mean, if you guys don't know him, he's, He's an old school coach, but I is probably one of my favorite coach uh, that I had. I haven't had many coaches, but I, and I love them all. But he was he he definitely had a good impact on my on my pro career, and he just he put me in the lineup right away, and I ended up scoring my first goal, my first game uh, in in Bakersfield, and then uh, f- from then I played every game uh, in the regular season to finish the season, and they had me in the lineup for. Uh, for the playoffs. So it was, it was a good, it was a good start for, uh, it gave me a good confidence to, to start my, my full first season the next year for sure. Yeah. And you know, it's definitely a nice feeling when you got your coach on your side and he, he trusts you to be able to play in all situations and that stuff, especially as a young guy cracking into the league, but, uh, Ontario itself, what what was your time like there? I know it's, we talked about California and just like a, a good spot. So, uh, what was it like living there? It was, uh, it was great. Uh, my first year we were living in, in Ontario. It's that it's about an hour away from LA. It's just, I obviously California, whether it's, you know, I'm, I, I spent the last four winters at UNB and it's <laughs> snowstorms and, and all that. So it was, it was good. And then, uh, yes, it was, it was a, a quick adjustment too. Cause that, you know, when you're in new sport, you play 30, 30 game seasons and, then once you jump on the pro, it's 70 and, you know, the guys are big and strong and you got to, you got to work, you got to work a lot harder. That's for sure. And then, you know, I was, 
I was kind of used to being like the top guy. And then as soon as the power play, you know, I just hop on the ice and then, you know, it's, it's kind of, I'm, I'm in the zone. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm leading. And then you go to the pros and everybody's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough league because everybody like you're on the same team, but at the same time, you're all competing to, to get the call up. And, you know, sometimes it's you not, not to be selfish, but like you, you try to, to think about your try to think about your your career but uh our coach our coach is definitely they did a good job to like keep you honest he's like i said he's an old school guy and if you if, if he if you think you're gonna put your interest in front of the team he's gonna remind you really quick so it was uh it was good i i really liked the the california weather and then uh, my second year we ended up living in uh in la because we pra- we would practice at the LA practice facility, so that's when you you I really lived the the LA lifestyle, and it was good. It was sometimes it was hard to even focus on on hockey because there's so many distractions. And uh, yeah, we lived like in Hermosa Beach. It's just just one of the best place on earth, pretty much. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I like to think I you know kept my head in hockey, and then and then uh, I got I got my deal with Washington after that year. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, can't hate LA living at all. And I'm just going to take it back to how you said, like, everything's so competitive in the A because you're, you know, you're battling against guys who are all trying to go to the same place. And I have a few buddies who are playing there now because of the CHL kind of shut down right now still because of uh, COVID-19. But uh, just how intense are practices in the AHL and guys just like really willing to do whatever it takes to take the other guy's spot, really? Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, my coach, uh, I don't know how it is in every team. I'm sure it's a little different, but uh, same thing at the same time, but our coach, um, he would like practices were hard and you would, you would have to battle. And like, if don't, don't try to get some bad habits, don't turn like, I mean, we weren't finishing our checks, but like you, you can turn the puck over pretty much. Like if you, we do line rushes, you got to make sure you do the right play and, he would, he would scream at you and, you know, he would really keep you on your toes. And I I was an older guy. So I, 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 he gave it to me too. He probably gave it to me more than some young guys, but uh, you know, I feel like sometimes the young, the younger kids, new generation, they, it's, it's a little harder for them and it's a little more sugarcoat, but uh, yeah, I, I really, I really liked the way he coached and, you know, he gets, if he doesn't like what you do, he gets in your face. And um, I think, I think he was a good motivator for me. And, you know, we had some, we had some good years beside my last year was, it was tougher. We had a really young group. So, but yeah, like the battle, the, the way in practice, you can't really take a day off or, you know, you can't just go on cruise control for a week or two. Cause you know, the guy that's not in the lineup, he wants your spot. And the guy that, it's not on the power play. He wants your power play spots. And it's just like always that inside competition. But I think that's what makes the, the American league such a great league. Like you, you just, you just trying to get better every day, pretty much. After that season in Ontario, you came off with 54 points in 68 games uh, and decided to sign in the Washington Capitals organization. Like, did you have a lot of options at that point? I mean, I'm sure you had a couple teams at least talking to you there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had a really good season. Um, that year and then uh i had i had to part ways with uh with the kings i don't think they like i i guess they, they like me as a player but 
I don't think they were offering me an initial contract. And that's, that's really what's was the only thing on my mind. Cause I knew like after two, two and a half years, I saw that like, you need, you need the NHL contract to get called up and like, you truly, truly have a chance. Cause you know, there's so many guys on NHL deals throughout the organization that if you don't, if you don't have one, it's, it's really hard to, to get called up. So that was, you know, I spoke with my agent and I said, I don't even pretty much, I don't even want to hear any offers. That's not an NHL contract. And then I had a few offers. And then uh, I think Washington was the, you know, they were giving me, it's not all about the money, but they were giving me some good money in the American league. And it was a two year deal, which was one of the main reasons why I signed there. Cause I was, throughout my whole pro career, I was on one year deal and then one year deal. And it's just like that, that financial security to get two years. And then like, obviously with, with what happened with COVID, I was, you know, I didn't even have to, to get a new deal this summer. So I was really happy the way things turned out, but yeah, it was, uh, it, I, it wasn't a hard decision for me to, to pick the caps too. I was, and I knew, you know, the Hershey and they had a really good American league team. So I was going to be on a winning team if I didn't make the caps and yeah, it was it just, it was the best fit for me for sure. How was your time in yeah. Hershey? Like how'd you enjoy that season? It was good. Uh, obviously it was every time you show up to training camp, you want to make, you want to make the capitals team, but mm-hmm. you know, they had a lot of depth up front and uh, yeah. So I was, I got, I got sent down uh, after training camp and then, you know, it took me a little of a, a little bit of adjustment at the start of the year. I didn't have, I didn't have a, a good start, but that's just pretty much what my story is. Every year, I you know, start slowly, and then once like Christmas time comes, I I start to turn it up. Not that I not that I do it on purpose. It's just like just how how things goes. But uh, yeah, uh, after like 15, 20 games, I I started to you know get in my rhythm and you know find my find my spot on the power play and. You know, I <clears throat> at the start of the year, I've been playing with, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but I've been playing with Matt Molson for yeah, I saw that. three years now. And we we were light mates for two years in Ontario. And then at the start of the season, he was on a different line. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's nothing against, you know, anything. It was, he was, uh, he was doing his thing. And then he, after 20 something games, we got paired up together again. And then, you know, thing, things clicked right away. And then, uh, yeah, I had a really, really good uh, end of the season before everything started to shut down in, in Hershey. It's it's a great organization. Like you've, it kind of reminded me of UND a little bit just by like watch seeing like all the, all the champ, the Calder Cups and, you know, the winning teams and all that. I know they haven't won since 2010, but you could, you can tell there's like a winning legacy there. And then the fans, there's, you know, the, the ring's almost packed every game. So that's, that gives you an extra boost for sure. But yeah, I really, I really like my, my time last year in Hershey and uh, yeah, it, it's been good so far. Yeah, And your, your good play was rewarded there at the end of the year when uh, the NHL decided they were going to start back up in the bubbles, you got an invite uh, up to come, uh, come along with the caps. And uh, what was that experience like for you being in the bubble with the capitals? And were there any maybe star studded moments where you see guys are, maybe uh, just some funny encounters or what it was like living in the bubble? Uh, yeah, well, I was, I was really happy. Like when, when it, when everything shut down, they told me like, get ready. You're, you know, you're probably going to go in the bubble. And that was pretty much my first, uh, like beside training camp, it was my first uh, 
like encounter with the team really like uh, you know I was going to be around these guys for for at least a month two months so I was really happy about this and you know trying to get as much uh, experience as I can and you know it's obviously uh, when like the Capitals Washington Capitals it's Ovechkin Backstrom and you know they had the whole B in that and Carlson it's there's a lot of big names there and it's it could be a, a little bit intimidating at the start but like once you you know you don't want to do anything wrong and but you you realize these guys are are such nice nice guys that you know they just they just want you to you know do well and they wish you the best so it's it can, you realize this really quickly and it's you know it's it, you can it was good to see like a, what's what's an NHL playoff you know mindset and you know, how, how you approach the series and, and the games. And I mean, it was, it was, it, it didn't go the way, you know, they were expecting it to go. You just even practicing, like I got a couple practice cause you know, guys get, get some bumps and bruises during playoffs. And, you know, some, even at some point I thought maybe I was going to get in and like, Oh my God, I'm going to play my, I might play my first NHL game and in, in the bubble in the playoffs. Like this is, I was, I wasn't trying to get too nervous, but I, you know, it didn't happen. I guess I had to wait a, a couple more months, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely, I like to think that it really helped me, you know, moving forward for this season that to be around these guys for two months and, you know, get to know, get the, to know the coaching staff and the coaching staff get to know me as well. Um, so yeah, I really, really had a good time there. Yeah. And uh, I know we've, we've talked to a few guys that were in the bubble and just kind of obviously it can get boring at times you're in there away from family, away from friends for a long time. What, uh, what kind of stuff did you do to pass the time when you're in there? Well, I brought my Xbox. So I was, I was on the sticks for, for quite a bit, but, uh, yeah, uh, we, we were lucky. Um, so there was two hotels in Toronto and we had, we had the one that was a little bit more outside the city. So you could, you could actually go outside and, you know, we had the big, the big, uh, BMO field, the soccer field. So we could go, oh, yeah you know, play some spike ball, you know, watch the games on the big, big, uh, big screen there. I mean, when you're in the bubble like this and stuck in a hotel, it's crazy how just getting some fresh air and getting some sun, like makes you feel good. Like you just go out there for an hour or two, even here. Um, like I'm not, I'm not in a bubble, but, uh, like once you're in, when let's say you're in the Washington, I'm in a hotel room and you know, you, you don't want to go to restaurants and you don't want to, know mix up with people because you could you could get uh you could get infected well not infected but you could get covid and obviously you know you you have a responsibility towards your team so you know just go for a walk every day and just it just it's, it's, it seems like it, it seems like i'm 70 years old saying this but it just <laughs> it makes your body feel better for sure and your mind especially your mind yeah no, you, you definitely need that. It's actually funny to hear it, just the one hour of sunlight or something, but it's crazy. Um, so we'll talk about kind of what's going on now with, with Washington. Obviously, we touched on your, your game earlier on, but, you know, did you think heading into this season you were, you were going to make the team or like knowing there was a taxi squad, you think that was kind of a spot you could make? Yeah, uh, well, like I, I, was, I was obviously in my head, I was trying to make the, the team, mm-hmm. but then it's, it was – it was good to, to see that there was a taxi squad, but I didn't, I didn't even ended up making the taxi squad. So they had, they had, they sent me down uh, like by the end of the training camp, it was like a nine days training camp. So it was, you know, new, it, it was a new coach too. And, you know, I understood that he was, 
he was trying to see his real team as well. And then, you know, I was kind of the odd man out. Let's, let's put it this way. So they, they sent me down in, in Hershey and uh, Lavi told me, you know, I, I, I noticed you and I, I see that you got some talent, but right now we're going to, we're going to go with these guys. And, uh, and then I, I just told him, yeah, I'm going to go down and work as hard as I can. Cause that's, that's all I know now. I just put my head down and work and I didn't expect to get called up two weeks later, you know, and then I got the call from my coach in Hershey he told me, yeah, you're, there's a couple injuries. So you're going to, you're going to go back to the taxi squad. So I was like, yeah, okay. I'll, well, I'm ready. And then, uh, yeah, a week later, the way things happened really fast. And then a couple, like I said, the earlier in the show, a couple injuries and then guys you know, not feeling well. And then I kind of just pretty much squeezed in for a game. And then I, 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 I like to think I did a, a good impression because like the, like I said uh, in some other interview, um, usually when people give me my chance, I kind of, I don't, I don't waste it. You know, it's just, I just want a shot. And then they gave it to me and I like to think I, I did well and I'm, I'm still here. So. Yeah, no, that, that actually gets me kind of fired up. Like I hope you get more games in, man. Um, but I want to like, what's, what's it like life on the taxi squad? Cause you know, you're, you have to go to every morning skate. You got to be one of the hardest working people or else someone else is taking your spot. Like it's, is it really hard on you? Well, I, I don't think it's hard. To, honestly, like the way I see it is I was in the American league two weeks ago. So it's, it's obviously a, a, a little promotion for me. And uh, like you, you like in my head, I, I just want to play in the NHL. I just want to get games and I'm not doing myself a favor if I'm, you know, I'm sloppy in my practices and I'm not working as hard as I can. Cause if I get my chance and like I did last week, if, if I'm just being lazy or not focusing on, you know, actually getting better and putting the work, then it's going to, I'm not going to feel as good as I felt during the NHL game. So it's, you know, you're, you're a pro hockey player and you, you have responsibilities. And I, I like to think that that's, that's what helped me throughout the years. Like I'm 28 now and I just, I just get up every day and go to work. And obviously sometimes, it, you know, you're, you're five guys on the ice and you get, you get back skate, but it's, it doesn't matter. You just, it's your job. So you get, you get, you got to dial it in for three, four hours and then, you know, you get to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely the right answer. Like to to please any Washington staff, yeah, if they're it's, listening. It's, it's, it's almost a political answer, but that <laughs> that's that's the way you gotta that's the way you gotta see it. There's no, uh, you know, it's you could you could be like, oh my god, I could be with my buddies and be partying or whatever, but it's just not your reality. So there's no point of wasting time and energy of trying to, you know, trying to picture another scenario. That's literally the scenario you're in, and try to make the best out of that situation because like I said you know when I was in junior even in university I feel like I probably wasted a couple not some years but some moments some months and then now I try I really try to get up every day and make the best out of it it's otherwise it's just I'm just fill my brain with anxiety so it's I don't I don't need that anymore yeah and uh, I know you, you just mentioned the bag skates I'd say uh, a little 20 minute bag skate at max is uh, 
is a lot better than a nine to five job every day. So you can't really complain about uh, doing yeah. what you love. I mean, a little bag skate, we all hate it, but uh, it legs feed the wolf, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, you feel good after. It's, yeah, it's just part of the game. If you, if you don't if you don't work and bag yourself, you're you're gonna get you're gonna get tired really quick during those games because in the NHL, guys are really fast. The the play is fast, so you got to be on top of your on top of your shape for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I have a, like kind of one more Washington question. Then we'll get into some, some fan stuff, but I mean, you only had the one game so far with, with the capitals, but what's it like playing in the empty arena? Like, do you, is it, like, do you even notice, I guess, in, in that high intensity environment or like, how was it, how did it go for you? Um, it's hard. It's hard to tell. Uh, like once you're on the ice, it's just, you're just focusing on the puck and, and, end the game maybe once you're when you're in the bench and all that but you can you can really like when you play in front of like thousands and thousands of fans it's just like a it's just a build-up right like when you score a goal and it like the the building just goes nuts and like you 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 feel you feel yourself going nuts for like a couple minutes and then that's how that's how like momentum gets created I feel like maybe there's not as much like momentum changes, you know, it's more mm-hmm. like it's the guys you play hard. Like don't, don't get me wrong. It's not because there's no fans that the guys don't play hard. I think like, I want to, I want, I'd like to think the level of hockey is, is, is the same. You, you see highlights guys score some crazy goals still, you, you know, you see McDavid around yeah. and, and all that, but it's just like, I feel like the momentum might be a little different because there's no fans and, and obviously we miss them. It's, 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 it's not the same, but right now it's, it's, that's the situation. We got to make the best out of it. Yeah. So before we send it over to some fan questions, I just want to give you a chance to kind of, kind of plug yourself a bit here, but I know you have C2MG real estate. Can we, can we talk about that for a minute and, and maybe tell me what, what's that about? You're the, you're the co-founder. Yeah. Uh, that's, so that's my, uh, that's our company back home. Uh, me and my, me and my best friend and two, well, we're all best friends. We're four guys. Um, like we grew up together. Uh, it, my best friend is, is my age. He's, well, he's 27. And then his little brother and his best friend. And we just kind of grew up together since we're, since I'm like 14 years old. So pretty much half my life. And we always dreamed to start a company somehow. We didn't even know what we were going to do. And then we just, uh, we just started to, to get into the real estate in 2019. And uh, yeah, we, so we, we, uh, what we do is, well, we bought our first uh, residential building and, you know, we, we, we lease it to people and yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. We, we look, I really like business. I like to read about it and same with my buddies and well, they're all back home. So the business is back home, but uh, yeah, I, I wish I had more time during the season to, to work on it with them. But in, in, in the summer, like we, we get together and toss some ideas and like, obviously we're, we, we were working on some things. I don't want to talk about it once, once, <laughs> once it's not made, but you know, once the big project is, is out, I'll get back and we'll talk about it for sure. <laughs> All right. uh, yeah. So it, yeah, it's just something to like, as for me, it's, 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 it's something, you know, to set up my retirement at some point too. Cause you know, I'm going to be a hockey player till I'm 35, maybe 40. I don't know. I don't know how long I'm going to play the game, but it's, it's important for me to have a, 
something to fall off on. And uh, yeah, so we, we were, ju- we're just trying to grow the company as much as we can right now. And it's, it's, it's a good time to do it for sure. Once we're like, I'm, I don't have kids right now. We, I, you know, my money is just, it's just mine. So I, I try to, you know, invest and put it on the side as much as I can right now. Yeah. Maybe after the episode, me and Ras can sign like an NDA and we can hear about the big plans off the record. <laughs> but uh, for now we'll keep it at that. Uh, but the, a few fan questions for you, we had a bunch, um, a few school related ones. A lot of people interested in what uh, that route was like, as you kind of already touched on, but uh, something that I was wondering myself too, but a fan question um, did you ever kind of doubt yourself when you went to UMB? I know you said you played with a chip on your shoulder against those AHL guys, guys who you might've been better than that got the contract and whatnot at that time. Did, did you doubt that uh, you wouldn't make it to the NHL one day? Uh, not, not that I doubted. I maybe, you know, I, it's, it's just something that wasn't on my mind anymore. Like I was just not, I didn't go to UNB to, be in the NHL let's put it this way but uh I I by with with the years it's funny because you say this because when I was to UND I for probably two or three years I didn't even watch a hockey game like I I, maybe it was because it felt it hurt too much to watch guys that I was competing against and I had the same stats as that you know that was in the NHL and I wasn't and it could have been the jealous thing or I don't know what it was but I I didn't have interest in watching NHL games when I was at, at UNB. And then by the, by like my third, fourth year, you know, I, I, I was, I was getting some AHL, you know, echoes and all that. So that's probably when I was like, okay, well, you know, there's, there's something to do with this. And that's probably when I started, you know, believing, believing again, it's not that it, I, I had given up or anything, but it, it's just, it, it felt pretty, it felt pretty far from, from reality really. And then once by my fourth year, I, I trained really hard that summer before training camp. And then I pretty much got in one of the best shape of my life. Well, now, obviously it's, it's different because I was getting ready for NHL, but as a, as a college, you know, training, it was, it was really solid and the results were, were there. And yeah, that's when I, my fourth year, that's when I was like, okay, this is, this is do or die. And I, like, I, I got to get that thing going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Got to make a last, last minute push there, and you you delivered. Um, and we got it. We got a question here from a New Brunswick native. They kind of just want to know. I think they're a little bit younger, but uh, some good UNB stories. If you if you have any over your four years that you'd like to tell. Uh, some good UNB stories. Or we'll, well, go, we'll go with one if you got one that in particular. Uh it's a good question. Um, well, there's obviously some some party stories that I'm not yeah that, that's the, whenever we ask something like this it's like any of the good stories you can't say <laughs> but uh yeah no we had a we had a really good crew uh, at UNB um they're just a funny story we were my before my fourth year we were five five of like we were five really really good buddies and we were pretty much inseparable and we were three and living in one house and two in the other but we ended up always being together and then I had, we had to tell our coach my, at the start of the fourth year that we were moving in a a big house downtown. And he, he was like, no, you guys are not. And we're like, well, yeah, we, we signed the lease already. Like we're, we're doing it. And he was like, 
like he took everything for him to accept it. But I mean, we ended up winning the national championship. I don't even know if we went to the, through the whole lease and might have got kicked out of that house, but because I was gone. But it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a, a good, good fourth year. Let's put it this way. Uh-huh. Yeah. So a, a lot of fun that, uh, yeah, we can't, we can't talk about I mean, it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's college and it's like once it, winning makes everything better. So yeah. it's just, I, I feel like you can get, you can get away with a lot more when you yeah. legal part, just like you can <laughs> buy your coach, you know, he, if you win, then he's not going to get into your face as much because you, you deliver. And it's also like Fredericton's a fun city, just even being there for, for those like eight, nine days. And, and we lost in the first game. So every night was a party and there's some good bars. Like you got the micro breweries and stuff. Like there's a lot, a lot to do, but yeah. yeah it's, it's, a good, it's a good campus for sure. Yeah. Beautiful campus. Like it, it's just a fun place to, to live and go to school. So I could imagine, I mean, it's tough that we can't share those stories, but I mean, <laughs> I can imagine there's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, my mom might be listening. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's good stuff. And then uh, we kind of already touched on it. Uh, I know you said it's great to get some fresh air and whatnot, but uh, COVID protocols in the NHL right now. Obviously, you're traveling with the team and fully into it. So, what what is it like? Maybe like on the plane, if you t- and uh, just all the travel and everything that goes into creating this season and having it run successfully. Yeah, well, there's you know there's a lot of like once you're at the rink, you, you got to wear your mask and like social distancing and all even travels. Well, in the NHL, when you travel, you have your own plane. So it's, you know, you're not, we, you don't get through airports and, and, and all that. So they try to keep you away as much as possible and keep you isolated. But it's more, I think it's more about what you do off the ice. Like you have the responsibility to, you know, not get into the mix and, you know, it's, it really matters. It really depends on what, what you do outside the ice. Cause the, those protocols are in, are in the, are, are really, you know, try are really there to protect you and protect the people around you. And I think that's a good thing. They put, you can tell, they put a lot of, a lot of thoughts into it and they, you know, you get memos every week and, you know, changing this and changing that. And they're trying to update it as much as they can. And, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of thing on the line. There's a season on the line and there's, you know, a lot of games. So it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough mentally. Sometimes, you know, you get tested every day and, you know, it's, but at, 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 at some point it just becomes a, just becomes part of your, part of your daily routine. You know, you get up, go get tested and then do your, do your thing. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a new a new challenge let's put it this mm-hmm. way yeah and it's definitely a, it's a sacrifice for all you guys i mean going away from your families and stuff and just not being able to have them come in watch games or anything like that but uh, it's definitely something that's paying off as you guys are running a smooth season so far with only a few postponements um but uh other than that uh, we got a few more here um we get this one a lot pretty much every week. So what stick and curve do you use? Like what, what specs on your stick? Boy, I'm the wrong guy to ask this, but uh, <laughs> so I use, I use a P92. It's Sakic. Yeah. So, okay. So the, I've been using that curve since I'm midget. And then I use 75 flex 
but I cut, like I get my stick, I cut probably like six inches off of it. So I don't know, might become an 85. Yeah. I just, I just rocked the CCM Ripcore, the new, um, is it Ripcore still? Yeah, it's Ripcore. He's, trigger, out, uh, he's uh, like, right? he's like Lappy, man. The, uh, uh, yeah. the French, the French Canadians don't pay attention to their sticks at all. They just use what they're given yeah. and make do. Lappy didn't even know what stick he had when we asked him last week. <laughs> well, I, it's funny. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I was, I was in contact with the, the CCM rep, uh, this summer and we they, we were trying to figure out a good stick for me and we we realized i was i was using like a 2017 rip core that was just like they were just changing the the graphics on it and the blade was way heavier than what i'm using now so when i first started using those new sticks i was you know i was shooting i couldn't even control my shot really i was just shooting everywhere because the kick point was different and and all that but now i you know it's they're obviously they're obviously great sticks. So I'm happy. I'm happy with what I'm using right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, talking about curves and stuff, I know Ovi's regarded as one of the biggest curves in the league and always has been. And um, you got any funny stories since you've been there with the caps and been around Ovi and all the guys, any funny stories on Ovi? Uh, I mean, he's, he's a great guy. He's, he's been, the, yeah, I was probably, 14 when he first started to be in the NHL and I remember I had his jersey and you know it was it's pretty it's pretty crazy to be around a, a legend like this guy um, like even I, I, don't, I don't know how many sticks he gets through but there's gotta be 50 sticks in his stall and I'm just like he's got my three like taped up and you know when one breaks I just cut a new one and I'm fine with that but once I guess once when you're when you're a great shooter like him, you, you go through a lot more than, than me for sure. So I was just, you know, trying to see and look around and, you know, he's got the, he's got the yellow laces and there's like a, there's like a big box of yellow laces, but he's the only one that, that uses them. So it just, it's just funny to like, you know, you're, you're like, should I, you know, should I try him? And <laughs> there's just no way I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, this thing and he looks great in it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's awesome. And yeah, you walk in there. I'm sure if you see Ovi, you're just like, yeah, this guy's showtime. He, he knows what he's doing. And uh, I guess that's obviously why he's been regarded as one of the best players in the world for a long time now. And then uh, just within the Caps organization again and within the room, anyone on your team uh, in Washington have any weird warm-up superstitions or handshakes with buddies? Uh, well, I haven't, I haven't been on the, on the, on the team yeah, sure. like, that much, but you can see like the – now you can see on social media, you got the Oshi and uh, Wilson just slaps and, you know, they got, there's a million, there's so many handshakes going on before, before the game, but I don't know, you know, some guys would scream in, into each other's face, but I don't think they're allowed anymore with protocol or, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, you know, you've, when the, when you've been in the league for so long, you gotta, you gotta find ways to, to change it up and make it, make it fun. I guess like I, for me right now, I'm just trying to focus on what I have to do and, you know, maybe hopefully one day I'll get as comfortable as these guys are. Yeah. Work now and then uh, be able to do whatever you want later and have a lot of fun down the road. But uh, no, that does it for our fan questions. Um, I know Raskin's going to talk about Axel watches here. Um, We're going to, we're going to be sending you one. So, uh, or I guess I can take it. I, I guess I'm kind of spewing about it now. But yeah, no, Axel Watches, our presenting sponsor, is uh, going 
going to be sending you a watch down to Washington, uh, one of your choice. And uh, from us, it just really wraps it up. And we really want to say thank you uh, for coming on and we wish you all the best and hope you can get in some more games here soon. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me boys today. I mean, you got some, you got some great questions and you got a good thing going on for sure. So keep it up and, you know, keep growing your thing. Appreciate it, man. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. No problem. All right. Thanks to Phil for that. That was an awesome interview and uh, definitely a very interesting one hearing about his path and going to U sports and actually cards. He talks about um, how he wishes he took classes while he was playing junior. And obviously you're doing that now. So shout out to you and, and something that I, think personally as a, a U sports general manager I think all these players should be doing because you never know what's going to happen man yeah and I'm definitely a procrastinator so I'm, I'm doing it um but at a slower pace but uh you know what on the end date the the work will be handed in and I'll be uh moving up a grade in life so I mean uh I I'm gonna get it done but yeah no it's super important I think it's really cool to hear how we kind of I don't know you go to U sports you kind of think like I'm going there, going to get my education. That's first priority. And then hockey, I still get to play at a high level. And uh, you're just kind of setting yourself up for a job down the road with your education. And uh, But for Phil, it was a lot different. Uh, he continued with his hockey dreams after school and uh, look at him today in the NHL. So definitely big dreams can pay off. And that's kind of what happened is he just keep, kept working at it. Yeah, I just never quit. Like it's an inspiring story. And actually just quick, quick U Sports plug, but three – U sports goalies, U sports alumni goalies made their AHL debuts and got AHL wins this week. So shout out to U sports for developing some good AHL talent, maybe some more NHLers on the way. But anyway, um, I want to announce the winner of the Axel Watch giveaway. So the winner is Liam Hogvist, maybe one of your uh, fellow countrymen in Sweden, Hogvist. And uh, Axel will be reaching out to you, Liam, via email. Next week, we're going to be doing another giveaway as well. So stay tuned for that. And we have a new promo code for our listeners. Um, now you can use the code AX underscore showbound. That's AX underscore showbound for 15% off at axelwatch.com. So if you're not Liam and didn't win, check that out and maybe get yourself a nice Axel watch for uh, a, a delayed Valentine's Day gift for yourself, maybe, and you'll be looking good. Yeah. And I mean, this just goes to show you like listeners, just stay tuned. We're, we're not really going to announce it on social media or anything. So the, these kind of these draws that we might do um, could happen whenever. So just always be watching and definitely give it a listen every week. And uh, you could definitely get yourself in a chance to win some, some nice things. Yeah. It's nice to reward our listeners and maybe we'll do some more stuff with our own merch. I know I got a couple of hats and, and we can get some hoodies going. And anyway, we'll talk about the bachelor. Um, I just want to say, I wrote a couple notes, but the first note was, I said, good episode. So I think it was a good one. What do you think? Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Um, Matt kind of just, he knows what he's doing now. He's a man on a mission. He's just, like we said last week, he was dangling a rose in that girl's face and just said, see you later. He did so, it again uh, this week though. Yeah, I know. I know. That's what I mean. Oh yeah. Um, he, this guy's an animal, but uh, now he seems to know. And um, it'll be interesting to see here how these hometowns go. And then uh, from there, but my picks stand strong with Rachel. Um, how are you? What, what are your thoughts? Oh, I was going to, I noted down predictions. Like I thought I was going to think of a good one on the spot, but I just don't know, man. Like there, there's not one that I'm not sure. Okay. I was going to say kit, but then she pulls this kind of strong move and broke up with Matt there. Um, <laughs> mm, this is tough. I, I want to say. Uh, this is actually funny. You just stuttering around. <laughs> 
Nah, dude, I don't know, man. I'm not confident in any of them. Like the the when they foreshadowed the hometowns, all of them were just like, "Yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not." Did you see that? They were all like, "I can't do this." Freaking out. Yeah, I know, but like we talked about before, I feel like they cut and paste so much stuff with where things are actually said and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So those could have been like seven different clips, and they just like taken like the words "I'm not ready" and put them all together. Like, <laughs> It's a bit absurd what they do with that, but no, I, I get it. Like I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna go soft and say Rachel too. Like okay, I'll I'll go Rachel for now. Um, I did want to say our my girl Abigail, who I said in the first episode was my future pick to win. Like right off the bat, the one who got the first impression rose. She kind of got screwed by Matt this whole time. Like didn't really have any chance to get to know him at all. Yeah, that was, that was a tough one for sure. It's just like a. A little blind side. She she thought she had a chance. First impression rose, and then just like, yep. Anyway, oh, yeah. I mean, we it's been a long episode. We don't need to drag it out, but uh, toss it to you, cards for the for the outro as usual. Yeah, no, just another great week to be at it. Hopefully, the sun's shining and uh, we all have big smiles on our face. And let's enjoy this week, and we'll we'll see you here next Wednesday. We appreciate all the love and support. See you guys.